Welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Border, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. Uh, coming to you down here, Yes Fitness. We are taping this today because I got to do some coaching at three thirty. So this is actually a taped version of today's podcast. It's gorgeous out. It's hot out here, and I love it when it's hot. Anybody knows me loves it when it's hot. So let's get started here. We've got a couple of things of housekeeping. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend, three days of um, getting outdoors, doing some things. It's the first big weekend of the summer, and I hope everyone enjoyed it with their family and friends. Uh, we have a youth sports camp going on over the summer. We're starting on Tuesday, June 28th. We're doing 11 to 14-year-olds on from 6 to 7, and then 15-plus from 7 to 8 if you want to increase your performance, if you want to become a better athlete. This is what this camp is for. This is to help improve speed, agility, change in direction, strength, core strength, and so much more. Everybody knows that speed is something that all athletes want. It's coveted by coaches and scouts everywhere. And we're going to work on that uh, during this camp. So if you're looking for information on that, you can give us a call or you'll see a link in up and down. I think it's up um, in the script. So you can check it out. And again, if you need to any other further information, give us a call at 860-673-4293. And we are also going to uh, have a balance and fall prevention workshop on Thursday, June 23rd at 6 p.m. We're going to discuss, myself and Liz Cornish, um, how to prepare your house to reduce the risk of falling. And I'm going to discuss how you can take a look at where your balance is at and what you can do to improve your balance and your fall prevention. So that's all going to happen on Thursday, pardon me, Thursday, June 23rd at 6 p.m. Give us a call. Let us know you're coming. Reserve a spot. If you show up, you'll uh, have the opportunity to win a 30-day all-inclusive membership here at Yes Fitness and or a home, uh, I forgot what you call it. Liz is going to come into your home and look it over and see what she can do to help you make sure that it will, is um, as, lose my thought, trying train as I am. Anyway, Liz is going to come into your house to make sure it's as safe as it possibly can be. So there you have it. Those are just a couple of things we have for housekeeping. So where are we at today? We are in part two of our dissecting of the next level metabolism. You can get your copy of this in the link below. Next level metabolism. Let's see where we go here like that. There we go. It's a great book. It's an excellent book. I'm not going to be able to get it all done in four sessions. But this is session two. We got some specific things we're going to talk about today. So if you're tired or frustrated, can't figure out any reason why your metabolism is slow, today, listen to today. There's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you've worked hard. You've tried everything and you can't get results. 
So today we're going to talk about the four P's, four M's, heck, schmuck, schmack, all stuff like that to help you break it down a little bit more for you. Again, the book is really good, or I wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, I don't know if I can get through it all in four sessions. Probably not. But this will give me an idea, an overview of it a little bit, and I would strongly recommend it. It's got a little bit of science in it here and there, um, so you can kind of maybe can, maybe might not be able to understand that, but it's not very much. He puts it into some very just everyday examples of what to do and how to do things to help you get the results you're looking for if you look at a gain muscle or lose some fat. And you don't want to miss our special 200th edition of the podcast where we're going to feature fitness expert Rachel Cosgrove. We're going to break down metabolism and menopause. I'm sure it's a thought on many people's idea minds that are listening to this today. So let's get started. I am going to put up onto our stream here. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about today is law number one, the law of metabolism and being flexible metabolism. Okay. We want our metabolism to be flexible. We don't want it to be rigid. So let's take a look what I got here. <clears throat> so you might think, might logically think that, oops, I want one too many here. Got to go back a slide. Get myself sitting down here. So you might think that or assume that having a fast metabolism, which you're looking for, like you say, wow, here's from people all the time. Ah, my metabolism is dead. I have no metabolism at all. Look at him. That person over there has a fast metabolism. I wish my metabolism was fast. But the truth is that you don't want a fast or a slow metabolism. You want your metabolism to be flexible. The reason is, and it's pretty simple, if you speed up your metabolism and you speed and you're going to speed up hunger and cravings. That's where HEC comes from, H-E-C, hunger and cravings. A flexible metabolism doesn't let a lack of food send you straight into a starvation mode or starvation behavior. And that's what happens when your metabolism is very rigid. The metabolism wants to adapt to environment and the stresses that you put on it and the strains that you put on it. So if your flex metabolism is not flexible, it is going to fight that stress. The longer you create this big gap in calories. So let's think about your metabolism is like a really thick rubber band. And you can pull it and stretch it, turn it every single way you want and it comes back to where it wants to be, that's a good thing. How if you try traditional weight loss patterns, like eating less and exercising more, you put your metabolism into a stress mode. And if you stay too long, because of that big caloric gap that you're trying to create, the metabolism because becomes very strict or or stiff or rigid, okay? And the longer you keep this big stress going on, the more you stress you're putting onto your metabolism. 
what happens with your metabolism then is it tries to compensate and it increases your hunger and it lowers your energy. And this is what happens. This is what metabolic compensation is, okay? So to fully understand metabolism, you got to understand that two metabolic behaviors occur. You have metabolic compensation and metabolic multitasking. Metabolic is pretty straightforward, pretty easy to understand that when this, the body is stressed, whether it's from the outside world, food shortage or safety exercise, whatever it might be, it's instinctively going to try to compensate and bring it back to balance, regain some kind of balance. So if you're trying to lose fat, it's especially important to understand this because the wider the gap gets in your caloric intake and expenditure by eating less and exercising more, that gap is really big. The wider it becomes, the more pressure on the metabolism is. And the energy gap widens, and you add, your metabolism is going to react. And this is what's called metabolic compensation. And it's like adaptive thermogenesis is a term that we use. And it's used in research to describe a drop in metabolic rate to help mitigate against prolonged energy expenditure. So in simple terms, when you limit our energy intake, meaning our food, it's going to slow down the metabolism, slow down your, your resting metabolic rate to compensate for that. And it's going to increase your hunger. It's going to make you hungrier. It's going to slow down your energy. You're not going to want to move as much because your body's going to want to compensate for that. So that's what metabolic compensation is. And it can work in the other direction. It just doesn't work as well. So if you were to um, eat more and exercise less, okay, so you're exercising less and eating more, the metabolism is going to adjust to that. The problem is that the upward to dissipate some of those energy excess energy isn't going to happen. The metabolic upregulation up is less robust and responsive than a metabolic downregulation. Down and in turn, you're going to end up gaining weight. So the body's not very good at that. So that's part one. Part two is metabolic multitasking. Because the body, it's not really good at this. It's not good at multitasking, okay? And the body likes to be in a constant state of either burning calories and burning fat or gaining calories or gaining, like say, burning muscle and burning fat, or gaining muscle and gaining fat. It doesn't like to do both of those. Like It likes to do one or the other. It's not good at multitasking. It's much better at metabolic compensation. So if you think about metabolic multitasking, if you were like 
a runner, you went out to run a lot, reduce your calories, run a lot, you're going to become thinner and flabbier. It's kind of like a skinny fat look, right? And if you did lift a lot of weights and you ate more, you're going to become like a muscle fat. You're not really like a bodybuilder so much. You're not really, you're going to bulk up. It's not going to look great. So here's where the body's not good. It's like, it's not good for dining. It's not good for, for sitting on the couch. That's so it's not good at multitasking. It wants to do one or the other. It wants to either be building muscle and fat, or it wants to be burning fat and burning muscle. Now, here's one interesting thing is how the body, I want to go back to metabolic compensation for a second, how the body likes to compensate. And it, it's the, it's so interesting how the body works that most people think that energy that they burn when they exercise is additive in nature. So if you normally burn 2000 calories at rest and then you go for a 300 calorie run, you're assuming that you burn 2300 calories in total. The fact is that the metabolic compensation causes the energy burn from exercise to be constrained over time. Whereas you normally burn 300 calories on the run, a severe or prolonged calorie gap, produced by eating less and exercising more reduces the calories burned so the other metabolic parameters are reduced by 2 250 calories not just an example you don't know exactly what that number is so you may be reducing your calories exercising more you got a big gap there the body's trying to make you hungrier it's going to try to reduce your energy and, and it's going to say you know what when you are exercising it's going to burn fewer calories it's a lose-lose situation, somewhat. But to think about just metabolic compensation, if you eat less and exercise more, you're going to slow your metabolic rate. It's going to increase your food drive and decrease your motivation to move. It's going to increase your hunger, reduce your energy, and increase your cravings. cravings. And over time, the adaptive thermogenesis of this may be a minus 300 calories per day from the from that happening so your metabolism might slow down you might get fewer calories in your exercise all things that are kind of negative when you be very when you're very rigid with your metabolism you want it to be flexible and we're going to talk about how to get it to be flexible as we go through this process here and we probably don't get it today but we were going to get to it um, sometime in these four weeks. So I'm going to move my slide along here. So we just talked about HEC, okay? And HEC is really important because it stands for hunger, energy, and cravings. And we have to make sure that HEC is in check for the metabolism to be working correctly. So like we just gave an example, eat less, exercise more, you're throwing heck out of balance and you're going to have cravings. You're going to have a reduction in energy and an increase in hunger. I'm just gonna make a little move here. Make sure I'm on the right slide.
So now we move to the next slide here. You want to try to keep the body flexible. And one way to stay flexible is to manipulate these things. And these acronyms, these four metabolic toggles, are eat less, exercise more. You can do that. Or you can eat more, exercise less, which is probably what a lot of people want to do. Eat less, exercise less. Eat more, exercise more. And finally, eat some, exercise some, which is basically a maintenance type phase. So we're going to use our metabolism. We're going to use these different toggles to keep the metabolism flexible. We're going to flow in and out of each one. Sometimes eat, eat less, exercise more. And then over time, eat more, exercise less. And toggle through these things so that the body's not in a strict stress pattern like staying in an eat less, exercise more type pattern because we know what's going to happen over time. We're going to heck. We're going to get hunger. We're going to get cravings, and our energy is going to go down. So that's what we're talking about when we're trying to stay flexible. And we're going to talk about staying flexible a little bit more as we go through this. But that's a little bit of the gist of the idea of this. So that is law number one. Law number two. Law number two is the law of metabolic individuality. Everybody's difference. We're all different. Every single person is unique. We all have different, different qualities. And the four qualities that are different for sure is our physiology, our psychology, our personal preferences, and our practical circumstances. Those are the four Ps. And why I bring this up is oftentimes a diet may work for one person and it doesn't work for the next person. Your friend might be doing great on a diet, but you're not going to do great on a diet. And in each human is as different on the inside biochemically as they are outside physically. We're each unique in our physiology, our psychology, our personal preferences, our practical preferences. Any lifestyle intervention must account for these inherent differences. So when we take a look at psychology, we have unique genetic makeups. We have different epigenetic expressions. We have varied endocrine expressions or effects, uh, variations in disease susceptibility, varied hunger, energy, and craving responses, and, and, and there's more. And when we take psychology, we have a unique personality. Varied responses to emotional stress. Right? Some people, when they're stressed out, they eat. Some people, when they're stressed, they exercise. Different orientations towards rest and work. Mood-related variations, emotional differences. So there's variations in resilience and resolve, how much one can take. So psychologically, we're all different, right? And then we have some personal preferences. We have individual habits that are different, assumptions and expectations, underlying values, life philosophies. Our perceptions and our perspectives are different. And finally, this fourth, fourth one is practical circumstances where our living situation, we might live in a desert somewhere or we might live within walking distance of a natural food store. Um, our monetary resources, our intellectual ability, our physical limitations, past traumas, educational resources. So you can see 
All these different things, these four Ps, all make up our metabolic individuality. And we need to keep that in mind as we go through this process of trying to figure out our metabolism. What works for one may not work for the other. And again, we're going to continue to dive deep into this to help you be able to figure out your metabolism and how you can get your metabolism to be flexible and what to do about that. We have law number three. Law number three is the psychic entropy. So psychic's brain, entropy is loss of energy. So this has to do with the brain and the battery in the brain. So you need to think of your brain like a battery, just like we think of our willpower as a battery. If we wear down the battery too much in our willpower, we go back to the old habits and we can't maintain it. We might do well throughout the day, but by the end of the day, our willpower is low and we can no longer maintain the habit we're looking for. What helps build willpower is sleep for sure, right? So when we take a look at the brain and with respect to metabolism, we need to make sure that we're recharging the brain. There's all kinds of things that drain our brain. And a never-ending list of things to do are negative people, traffic, chores, TV, diet, all kinds of stuff wears on our brain. And it can be constant mental challenges and chatter all the time. So what can we do about that? We can do some things to help recharge our brain, like massage or music hot bath, sex, meditations, mindfulness. One of the best things is just to walk in nature to help recharge our brain. So if our brain gets weak, gets drained, what happens? Just like with willpower, our habits go back to the way we were before. We try to take shortcuts and what, not doing what we need to do to get us to the goal that we're looking for. So recharging the brain is extremely important. And we're going to put all this together for you as we get towards the end. So as we take a look at recharging the brain, we want to take a look at the four M's. The four M's being mindset and mindfulness, our movement, our meals, and our metabolics. And the four M's are the main categories of metabolic control. Each has distinct mechanisms that allow the metabolic manipulation. Think of these as choices or actions one can take to alter your metabolic output. You want to work on your metabolism. These are the things we need, need to do. And so metabolism is just not about diet and exercise. It's mindful and movement have, have a massive impact on it. So when we take a look at how we're going to manipulate the metabolism, we want to first take a look at our mindfulness, okay? Our mindset, our reduce our stress. We want to have some conscientious acts of recovery, relaxation, and repair. We want to make sure we're taking, getting enough sleep, 
naps, alone time, maybe meditation, massage, and music. Um, spend some time in nature. Some physical affection, cuddling. Maybe take some self-time where you want to go to some self-care or the spa or sauna. But all these things help you reduce your stress. So it's mindfulness, your mindset. And then when we take a look at movement, of course, everybody thinks about movement to help boost our metabolism. Um, you have the daily living activities, like, and then you have walking, stretching, fidgeting around, standing rather than sitting, walking rather than standing, gardening, gardening, housework, all kinds of stuff go into your movement. They're going to affect your metabolism. Our meals, the energy, energy in our building blocks, what we eat, the quality of the foods, the quantity of the foods, our calories and our macronutrients, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and water. There's so many things underneath meals. And then finally, our metabolics, our metabolic stimulation. It's a conscientious act of metabolic stimulation. That would be all forms of exercise. Maybe some supplements. Maybe some herbs or drugs. Surgeries and other medical interventions all come underneath the metabolic. So these are the four M's, the four M's that are going to affect your metabolic power, your control of your metabolism. We need to study them. We need to listen to these things. We need to know and be aware of each one each day. When we talk about these things, these four M's, you want to try to make sure they're not doing more, more of one than the other, just like we talked about exercise last, eating more, because that's going to throw us off. We want to be kind of in the Goldilocks zone, just enough of each. And there's a way where we're going to try to keep an eye on these things to make sure that we're in the Goldilocks zone. We kind of grade them as we go along to see what changes we need to make and not make to get the effects that we're looking for. I need to slip my slide along here a little bit. So what is metabolism? Your metabolism is a mechanism responsible for seeking procuring, digesting, assimilating, transporting, and generating energy. This is what metabolism is. I'm going to go through some key points about your metabolism, okay? You can think of your metabolism like a computer or a chemistry stat, a thermostat, and a stress barometer all in one. It's constantly measuring the demands placed on it by your outside world, your stress barometers. It's going to calculate and consuming its energy needs. It's like the computer. And it's going to go through a series of complex reactions, producing the energy requirements, the, chem the chemistry set, and feeding back the entire system, make any adjustments. That's your thermostat. That's what your metabolism does. It's always reading what's going on, figuring out the stresses of the world and what does it need to do to create the balance, what adjustment needs to be made. So I'll make some key points here about your metabolism. Metabolism is the body's energy management system. It works on supply and demand. It's complicated. 
it's very complicated, as many interconnected moving parts as you can see at what we've talked about so far in these two episodes. The metabolism is one big stress measuring device combined with sophisticated computer and a chemistry set and a biofeedback system like a thermometer. So whenever you're confronted with too much or too little, your metabolism is going to react negatively and does what it can to get back to its balance. The metabolism becomes dysfunctional whenever it's confronted with too much or too little. The metabolism seeks balance constantly. The metabolism is an adaptive and reactive system. It doesn't do well under rigid conditions. The same thing day in and day out. That's why exercise less, pardon me, exercise more, eat less or eat less, exercise more doesn't work over the long haul. It just doesn't because it's too rigid. Fast metabolism really actually ideal. Because what's going to happen if you have a fast metabolism? Everybody's looking for a fast metabolism. Your metabolism is fast. Body's going to make you hungry. It's going to give you cravings. It's going to slow, slow you down. It's going to make you not want to work as so much. It's going to make you hungry. It would be great to have a fast metabolism and not that have, to have that happen. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But you really would rather have your, your metabolism be flexible. So when it is under stress, it can adapt and do what's necessary to get back into balance without causing that disruption of heck. It's constantly measuring what's going on in the outside world. It uses hormones to tell the inside cells how to respond. These hormones are directly or indirectly responsible for producing sensations we can feel. And we're going to talk about hormones with Rachel in episode 200. Schmeck, which we haven't talked about yet, is our way of measuring the metabolic stresses. When Schmeck is in check, you're likely to be in a flexible state or position. When Schmeck is out of check, you're rigid and you, you struck metabolic state. You're just stuck in one place. When you're flexible, you're thriving. When you're rigid, you're rotting. So what is Schmeck? Schmeck is an acronym for sleep, hunger, mood, energy, and cravings. Now, we talked about hormones a few minutes ago, and I don't want to get too far into hormones, but we do definitely want to talk a little bit about Schmeck, okay? And the thing about Schmeck is Schmeck is going to be Heck and schmack are our clues on what's working and not working, whether our metabolism in balance or out of balance, whether under stress or not. So what's important about schmack is it's a hormonal feedback sensation that it gives, okay? <coughs> so we want to keep an eye on our sleep. When sleep is out of whack, what happens? It tells about stress hormones and growth hormones are out of balance. Melatonin should rise at night, but poor sweet sleep quality or, or quantity creates excess cortisol and insulin. That's the body's way. Those are the hormones way for the body to get back into check. 
Hunger tells us about hormones like CCK, PYY, GIP, GLP-1. Brain insulin sensitivity. Mood. It's a balance of chemicals. Serotonin for relaxed and self-assurance. Dopamine. So we got to make sure that our mood is in check. Energy stress. It's a stress hormone and insulin balance. So we got to make sure that if and it affect our thyroids. So we got to make sure that our energy is in, in in the correct correct amount. And cravings. Cravings will produce some, some cortisol, right? Cortisol lowers motivation. It raises the reward centers in our brain. So we want to stay away from that. So what can we do about this kind of stuff? When these things get out of whack, we want to take a look at our exercise. Are we exercising enough? Are we exercising too much? We want to take a look at our recovery, our exercise recovery. Are we refueling ourselves? Are we refueling that brain? Schmeck is what we're going to use to figure out whether things are working or not working. And heck is something that we're going to use to make sure things are working and not working. So as we try to put this all together a little bit here, okay, because it's, it's kind of smattered out here a little bit all over the place, trying to take care of one book in one, in, in one three or four little podcasts. What we want to do is the AIM process. It's kind of his way of being detective. We want to assess, investigate, and then modify. We're going to assess. When it comes to assessing, you want as much data as possible so we can understand what's going on in the body. We want to take a look at assessing the four M's, the mindfulness and mindset, it's about stress management. We're going to take a look about movement. Are we sitting too much? Uh, are, we, are we moving enough during the day? Are we doing too much? Are we working out too much? We're going to take a look at our meals. Meals and metabolics. We're going to make sure that we're eating enough. We're going to make sure that we're working out and maybe not working out too much. It's a challenge. It's difficult to come around this concept, but we want to make sure that the body's flexible and that we're assessing, okay, each of these areas. We're going to investigate as your own personal metabolism assessment, you should be regularly ranking each of the four elements on a scale of one to ten with the goal of achieving six or better on each. So when you take a look at each of these areas, let's say, for example, movement, are you getting between 10,000 and 20,000 steps daily? If you're only getting 5,000 steps, your score should be one or two. It seems like the sweet spot for this, for metabolism, 10,000 to 20,000 steps. We can go through each of these things to make sure, let's say, for example, are we getting enough recovery? Are we getting eight hours of sleep? Is that helping our metabolism? And always keep in mind that the four Ps, that, the, that it's all individualized, your physiology, your psychology, your personal preferences, and your practical circumstances. You need to understand how your body responds to each of these 
four P's with regard to the four M's. And then from there, you're going to try to modify, you're going to try to fix change after you've investigated your, your different areas. So the, one of the most important parts of investigating is develop a keen sense of observation. Really try to understand your choices and your decisions around your diet, your exercise, and your lifestyle, and how these things are affecting you. All you kind of really need to do is categorize these four things into four different outcomes. Schmeck is in check and you lose in fact. Schmeck is in check and you're not losing fat or you're gaining fat. Schmeck is not in check and you're losing fat. And Schmeck is not in check and you're losing fat or gaining weight. From that right there, you'll determine what you need to do. So let's, for example, say Schmeck is in check and fat loss. It's exactly where you want to be, right? Because Schmeck is working, the body's working, the metabolism working. But if Schmeck is not in check with fat loss, this can kind of be tricky. Might feel like it's a great place to be, but it's a warning sign. Eventually, your hormonal system is going to kick in and, and take care of things where you're not losing fat. Because your Schmeck is out of balance. So, <coughs> heck and Schmeck are always there to take a look at. We're going to assess to make sure Schmeck is in check, or we're getting enough sleep, whether, we, whether we're hungry or not, or if our mood is good, our energy, whether we have cravings. Did we lose fat or not lose fat? We're going to figure out what those scenarios are when we investigate, and we're going to adjust our our systems based upon what we just investigated. What are we going to modify? We're going to do nothing because everything is working. We're going to reduce our calories or adjust our macros, get Schmeck in check, raise protein, fiber, and water, get Schmeck in check, maybe raise protein, fiber, water, lower fat and starch, track calories. Any one of those possibilities are, could happen. So through this process, okay, is how we're going to figure out what to do. We're going to just try to get the screen back to the way where it's just with me, not with the slides. Okay, here we go. Sometimes the software gets me here. That's what we have for you today. We're talking about thinking about the metabolism being flexible. And we're going to talk about next time how to get it flexible through exercise and nutrition. And think about that everyone's metabolism will look different. And then we need to take a look at, heck, hunger, energy, cravings. Is that happening? Because if it is, we're out of balance. We're going to take a look at Schmeck. Make sure that that's in balance. But there's not something out of line there. Sleep, hunger, mood, cravings, energy, all this stuff we need to take a look at. And from there, 
we're going to try to modify what we're doing. It's a process, but you need to just start to think about it a little bit and become aware of these things because it's not just about trying to have a fast metabolism. We want to try to be have a flexible metabolism. That's really what we're looking for. So that's what I have for you today. And next time, we're going to talk about specifically protocols for eating less, exercising more, eating less, exercising less, eat more, exercise more. We're talking about all these four protocols. So you have an idea of how much protein you should be taking and how much exercise you should be doing, how much walking you should be doing, how much neat you should be doing. Because neat, like we talked about last time, is so important. And what it does to the body, what it keeps the metabolism flexible and burns the calories that we're looking for in the caloric, or I should say the hormonal state that we want to be in is very important and it has to do with me. But we're going to get into that next time. We're about 40 minutes into this. So hopefully this is helpful. If you have any questions with it, certainly give me a call. I urge you that if you're very interested in this topic, to pick up his book. We'll have a link for it in the post because it's um, it's it's interesting. It's a lot to it, and I think he puts it in a in a in a way that's easy to people to understand, and you'll be able to make the changes and the results that you're looking for. So thanks for watching. Hope you have a great afternoon, and uh, look for more information how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching.